So let's let's kick it off like this, man. I know we just chatted for a minute, right. but I always say this sometimes. I've been getting away from it for some reason, just because mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been getting away from it, and it's like frustrating for me. <laughs> but I, ne- I always say like I don't do like the intro to the podcast justice with the guest and everything. I don't sure. want to like ruin the podcast. So yeah. I- I'll kind of open up the floor to you. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, man? Um. So yeah. So Corey Syfax. Uh, I've been rapping for a little while, so I'm a rapper, artist. Uh, I run something called Noisy Neighbor, which covers artists in Milwaukee. Try to give a platform for um, for people to be able to tell their stories, like artists to be able to tell their stories or tell their stories about their art. Um, out of Noisy Neighbor, there's two podcasts, um, the More Noise podcast, and then there's uh, Color Folk and Anime uh, podcast, so... Yeah, I mean, I guess that's me in a nutshell. Artist, uh, yeah, just a creative man. Like, yeah. like, are you saying like if uh, if you go for it, you want to do it all the way? Like, I realize like I'm just a creative, and I just want to touch everything. <laughs> like, like I remember, um, you remember when Kanye like went onto that like rant time, like when he first started like oh, ranting, the conscious streams, yeah, of stream yeah. consciousness and stuff. Dude, it struck a chord with me when he was like, like, basically, I could walk and chew gum. Like, I'm not just a rapper. I could do more than this. And, like, for me, I was like, dang, I don't know why I never thought of that. Like, I should just do all the things I like doing. Like, I'll go to a store, and I'm like, this shirt is dope, but I could make this shirt. (laughs) So, I'm like, all right, I like designing graphics. I'm going to design a graphic for a shirt, you know, and sell the shirt. Why not? You know, but... But yeah, I don't know. I got on a tangent. No, no, that's all good, man. That's what the podcast is for. How long? How long have you been creative? Is it just kind of like that moment in time when Kanye said that, and it kind oh, of no. struck a chord with you, or has it been for like your entire life? Entire life, yeah. It's always been this. Like, um, even before I was like rapping, it was. Uh, I used to go to this thing called uh, Youth Leadership Academy. It was kind of like a military almost for like boys. I don't know if it was like for the inner city or if it was just for like minorities, but it was nothing but black people there. <laughs> and uh, like it was kind of like a middle, like our teachers were like drill sergeants and all this stuff, but it was dope for like kids our age. So like even then, like they had poetry contests and stuff like that, and I would like win awards. So it kind of already like stirred that in me, like, okay, I should keep keep playing with this because it's fun yeah you know so yeah no i think i've always been like always a been a creative just yeah. kind of like under under the radar type situations right just trying to figure it all out yeah you, you were born and raised in milwaukee right mm-hmm. i always like to ask this question too man how was it how was it for you growing up in milwaukee uh it was i mean i don't know how can i explain growing up in milwaukee there's so much uh there's ups and downs uh I lived on on Hampton most of my life. Okay. Um, and I would say, like, a lot of, like, the police presence I've had in uh, Milwaukee have been, uh, like, an issue. Um, so that's always been over me. And then we're the most segregated. We're always top three in the most segregated cities in the country. Exactly. And being in Milwaukee, you kind of don't know anything different. I've lived here my whole life. But then when you leave Milwaukee, like, crap. Like, we are really segregated. Yeah. Like, we're super segregated. 
So I feel that a lot. Um, so I felt that all since I was a kid. But other than that, I mean, fun times. It's Milwaukee. Um, I've grown to kind of like enjoy it and love it a lot more. Because I see the different sections in the city. Like that's been more exciting. Um, yeah, it's been it's it's been dope for the most part. But that police presence and the segregation thing um, that plays a big role in like kind of bringing it down. I'm gonna take this coat. I'm hot as hell. Go for it, man. I, I complete. I completely agree with you, man. I grew up on 78th and Fond du Lac, and it was really weird because it was like Fond du Lac and Custard, and we were kind of like in the like town home, like project type homes. It was yeah. just like us on on one on one on the block on Fond du Lac, and you go right around the corner, and it was like, nah, you can't you can't go right around the corner mm. because it was just nice pristine houses mm. and you see that segregation. Mm -hmm. It's literally like you're, you're going from one side of Milwaukee where it's like, oh, this is <laughs> probably shouldn't go around here. Right. And you go around the corner on Custard and it's completely different. And then you get looked at completely different mm -hmm. too. Like you just, you can't even go outside of like your little town home like area. Right. Which is like so devastating, like realistically. And I could only imagine it being much worse in other areas. Yeah. Like, when you get further downtown. Like, I was more on, like, the north side, which is pretty, you know, it's it, it has its moments and stuff. But I also went to school all the way out in Menominee Falls. So you saw the difference. So I saw the difference, yeah. like, night and day, where it's just kind of like, I've even had, to be completely honest with you, I've had it where I couldn't date someone because mm. I was black. Mm. How was that? Dude, it was just such a weird experience. It's like, we, we were like, me and the girl were like friends for like a super long time, like mm -hmm. a really long time through like middle school, high school. And her mom was like, no, like, what would other people think? Wow. And it's just like. Was she cool with y'all being friends the whole time? Yeah, she was cool with us being friends, but, but not dating. So like, I could come over to the house and like hang out and stuff like that. But it was like, to have that mindset it's insane. Yeah. It, it, it bothers me, and I don't think it's tough to say, like, no one should have to go through that, but it's the truth. No one should have to go through that, mm -hmm. no matter, like, race, religion. Like, we're just kind of, like, a blip on the radar. Not many people know what Milwaukee is, mm -hmm. besides the most segregated city, mm -hmm. and us growing up as black males, it's one thing that we see. We see that more than acceptance, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it sucks. Yeah. I remember... Um my wife and I, we, we thought about going to Atlanta for a long time until we, we ended up buying a house here. But uh, we were going to go to Atlanta. And when we went to Atlanta, man, like, the it's like polar opposite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's so different, man. And, like, seeing all these, like, black people, but, like, all types of kinds of black people. Exactly. Just, like, the diversity within the black community was crazy. And, like not being looked at a certain way. And I remember talking to somebody there who came from Madison and got married uh, to uh, a woman in Atlanta. He's like, oh, you know, come up to see my, you know, the place I grew up. And they went to a restaurant and she was just like, why is everybody looking at us? Like, why is every, and he's like, man, I'm so used to it. <laughs> like, you've never been in this type of, like, but I, this is how I grew up. Yep. And it's, it's crazy, man. Atlanta crazy. is so amazing. I yeah. love Atlanta. My aunt lives out there. Uh, we try to go out there like every every Christmas. Mm -hmm. So my aunt purchased a home in like a subdivision or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and she lived there for a few years. Then she purchased another home in a different subdivision. And 
So we went over there to like see our new house for Christmas. It was like amazing, fun, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then like Christmas came and she was like, oh, I'm just going to invite like, you know, a few neighbors over, a few friends. And like, mm-hmm. let's just say like Atlanta, like the housing market is much cheaper oh, than yeah. what it is in Milwaukee or oh, Wisconsin yeah. in general. So something like this is a subdivision where houses in Wisconsin would be around like five, six, seven hundred some thousand dollars. So like really, really nice homes. Yeah. And I'm expecting like, oh, okay, like you're, you know, rich neighbors, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. All black, all African Americans. And it was like this was their community. It's like Mecca or something. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> they were crazy. just like not even talking about like black owned businesses or anything like mm-hmm. that. But it was more like, oh, like I'm doing this. What can I help you with? I'm doing this over here. What can I help you with? How yeah. can I help you be successful? Yeah. And it was just so much black excellence in one room. I was man. like, damn, this is crazy. Man. I still think about like, man, I, I, I might want to move to Atlanta later. I don't know. Because, I mean, it, it is like that. It is. And everybody, like a friend told me, he, he moved from Chicago to Atlanta. And he was just like, you know, if you take like your mindset that you have in Milwaukee and bring it to Atlanta, it's, it's going to be completely different. Like yeah. in Milwaukee... You like the metaphor he gave was like, I, I want a pair. Uh, let me call a couple people and see if they uh, have a pear tree or something like that. He's like, in Atlanta, it's like, oh, a pear. <laughs> Just yep. like grab a pear. Like there's so many opportunities in places where you can use your talents and all this stuff. But um, I don't know. Hopefully, like, we could, like that can happen here. Yeah. You know what I mean? That s- somehow there'd be more like stuff like this. And because I mean, like you said, there's so much in Milwaukee that exactly. we don't even know that we're just sitting on, you know what I mean? Like this podcast, like I said, like I listened to a couple of the, uh, I'm like, this is dope. All I do is listen to podcasts. Dope. So I'm like, it, man. this is dope. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I didn't even know this person until I typed Milwaukee, Wisconsin in Instagram. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, and there's so much stuff like that, which is why like, noisy neighbor like I started that noisy neighbor thing is because I'm like there's so many interesting people here like if you talk to somebody long enough they have an intriguing story exactly you know what I mean like and it's dope and we just sit on it or we just don't know or I don't know so but yeah, yeah. That, that's why I have this podcast man <laughs> everyone has like such an interesting story I had my my friend from high school I, we were like friends in high school um and he he was in like a, a screamo band for mm. like years and years, mm. and now he owns like a few businesses and stuff like that. Mm. But I never knew like the driving force behind him like creating his businesses surrounding like a specific thing, where it was like junk removal, um, demolition of older like buildings and stuff like that. And now they have a thing called the Rage Room. Mm. It's because he's so. How would I say this? Can't even think of the word, but he is so into like the environment. Mm. Like he's a, a hardcore environmentalist. Mm. And this kid's like six six, mm. nose earring, like mm. wouldn't think twice about it. Mm. And he's just like, the reason why I had like, you know, a junk removal business is because we need to do things to save the environment. Mm. This is why I have like this this demolition company for these old businesses, is because they're not recycling things properly. They don't know how to get rid of things properly. That's and, dope. Just, and he was like the rage room. He was like, honestly, this is a big, he, he didn't say it, but I'm like, this is the biggest finesse of all. What is the rage room? What is it? So it's like a room where, you know, when people, people can just like rent out the space and just break stuff. That sounds dope. Yeah. So he was like, you know how much like we spend on like beer bottles and stuff like that? He was like, 
Nothing. Want to know what I did? I went around to like all the local bars, like, hey, like I have this concept for a company. I know it costs you a lot of money mm-hmm. to recycle these bottles, and you have hundreds and hundreds of them mm-hmm. at the end of every night. Let me take those off your hands. That is a finesse. <laughs> but that's dope. <laughs> Let me take those off your hands. Mm-hmm. Comes and picks them up every night. Takes them to his business. Because they, they have to, I guess they have to break the bottles before mm-hmm. they can put them in the recycling bin. Mm-hmm. So there, they're already getting broken. Wow. And he's like, he knows the best way to recycle them. So it's just like. Got his business working yeah, for his other business. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, I wouldn't have known the reason why he has these businesses in this specific field was mm. because he was a hardcore environmentalist. Mm. And there's so many people in Milwaukee like that that you have no clue about. Right. No clue. And it's like, you you follow me on Instagram. And mm. the first thing I do, like, I hit you. I was like, hey, man, thanks for the follow. Mm. Like, straight up. And I went through, like, your Instagram page. And I'm like, mm. oh, shit. Like, dude, it's like a hardcore musician. I'm like, dude, right. <laughs> this shit is like... Like, this is dope. Like, this is it's good. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, let me just hit this guy up because mm-hmm. there's there has to be some story behind why you started making music, right. why you are an artist, why your subject matter is a specific way. Mm-hmm. And then I'm figuring, like, let's share it. Let's talk. Let's talk. <laughs> let's figure it out. That's dope. How has the city of Milwaukee shaped your creativity when it comes to music? Um, Well, like... Being in the Midwest, you get everything. Yeah. So it's like, I listen, growing up, I listened to like nothing but East Coast stuff. And then when you hear like the South coming with their stuff, and then because we're in the Midwest, we just get so many different sounds. And then I feel like the more you continue to like figure out who you are as an artist, then you start to find that sound and then you get to pull all that different stuff in there. And then, you know, I kind of talked bad a little bit about Milwaukee a little earlier, but it's dope. (laughs) <laughs> it's super eclectic. Um, so, like, you get to pull in all these different... Like, you can't really... I don't know if you could pinpoint a sound in Milwaukee. No. We're just... We're everywhere, which is dope. Maybe. You know, um, I listened to a song recently from... Um, uh, dude, I forget his name. Um, he's on... Uh, he's with, I think he's with New Age Narcissist. Or, uh, oh, Nile X Nile? No, um, not him. I listen to that podcast though. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, um, Freddie something. Okay. Either way, it was like a spiritual. Okay. And it was dope. I'm like, he, but he was a rap. You know, he's a rapper, but it was he was stretching it. You know what I mean? And now I feel like that's where a lot of the artists are. You know, here in, in especially in the Midwest and even like Chicago, they stretch. They figure different things out. Like mm-hmm. they experiment with different sounds. So, yeah, I think Milwaukee plays a plays a part in, in that that way. I feel like you have to like. I keep hearing that Milwaukee is so eclectic. It is. I keep hearing it nonstop. And when you kind of like look around, Milwaukee is crazy unique. Mm-hmm. It it's is. It's crazy unique. It's not, it's honestly, I've been to like a decent amount of cities. I used to coast track and field at Marquette. So I was traveling to all these crazy cities for like almost eight months out of the year for two years straight. Mm-hmm. And even before that, when I ran track at UWM, and yeah. it's just like, I've never seen a place that is like Milwaukee. Yeah. It's That's dope. Yeah. And, there's so many amazing artists, too, in Milwaukee, too, which blows my mind. And like you said, Milwaukee doesn't have a sound. Mm-hmm. We, I look back to when I was in high school where Jack Music was. Remember that? Like Jack Music. Is that like the um, dance? Uh, uh, yeah, like, kind yeah. of like, remember, like, John Jack It Down? Mm-hmm. Okay, like, yeah. that kind mm-hmm. of music was, like, super popping. Like, that was the sound of Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, God, this, is, this was amazing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, you see other people's sounds where it's just a little bit more like 
like true rap mm-hmm. come in. Mm-hmm. And then you see like the combination of both. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, gosh, and it just keeps expanding. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it'll continue to expand. Yeah, man. It will. It will. We're growing, bro. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I feel like we're starting to accept ourselves. Exactly. Like, as like, okay, I'm from Milwaukee. This is, you know, and that gives you the freedom to just play, man. Just have fun, experiment. You know what I, I mean? mean? So, yeah. Yeah. It has to. It has to because... Number one, not many people know where Milwaukee is, know what Milwaukee is, know what mm-hmm. Milwaukee has to offer. So to us, like we, we hear these different sounds and we think these different sounds make Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. People from the outside kind of like look in and they're like, what is going on? <laughs> like, what is going on? Like the, there's no unified sound. Like mm-hmm. the South has like their sound, East Coast, mm-hmm. West Coast. And like you said, we're in the middle. We yeah. just, we mix it all together and make something different. How, everybody exactly how long have you been creating music for man i don't know um i mean i've been doing it since i was like i don't even know bro like when i was when i was younger uh like i started i don't know how old i was i don't know 12 13 or something my friend had a uh what like a little karaoke machine and we would take his dad had jazz like CDs. He takes jazz CDs, rap over the jazz CDs, make our own CDs, and then like he started making beats off of his like he bought a like a little Casio and made beats off of that. So I don't know. I've been doing it for a long time, man. But in terms of like going at it, like really doing it, doing it, I would say like I think two thousand like ten. I started 2009, 2010, I started doing, like, poetry and stuff like that again. And then that just led into, like, rapping. So, so yeah. What have some of, like, your experiences been since 2010, since, like, taking it seriously? Like, what what have you seen growth-wise from you, like, personally and musically? Man, that's a lot. Like, so, when I started, so, at first, I was just doing poetry. Because what happened was, okay, so you can hear, if you listen to the music, you'll hear a theme in there. Like, okay, this guy believes in God. You can hear it all throughout the music. So there was a moment where I'm like, okay, God is is real. (laughs) So then I started, like, thinking, no, I can't rap because I love rap so much. I'm just going to make that, like, a... The, the pinnacle of my life, and I can't rap because then I'm just going to, like, ditch God or something like that, you know? And then, uh, like, a couple friends were just like, bro, you'd be dumb if you didn't just, like, rap, bro, because you can rap. So, anyway, started rapping and stuff like that and doing poetry, and at first it was just, like, all passion, um, just do- going wherever I can just to, like, talk yeah. and rap and stuff like that. But then um, in terms of, like, growth, like, I think tightening up, uh, like, business things like um you know a lot of a lot of artists will complain that me included will complain that a lot of times you hear like oh man we're gonna do this for the exposure bro come come and do this for exposure for exposure and then I think that first like three four years I was just burnt out because I was just doing everything for free and I I was just burnt out um so I think tightening up that uh was a part of the growth finding my sound, like, finding who I am and being okay with, like, not following a certain thing or following a certain sound. Um, Because, you know, like, music changes, like, all the time. And then one thing becomes a wave and everybody just gets hype over that. Then you just start experimenting with that style. If you stay in that style, then you end up just stuck with the rest of everybody else who's going with this flow. 
but finding out like what do I really want to talk about? What am I cool with talking about? Um, that part has been like a huge, huge growth piece for me. Like just figuring out who I am and being okay with who I am, and then also just being okay with being vulnerable. Because I realized the the music that I like the most is the most honest music. Like the people who are really being vulnerable with with you yeah. through the music. So um, I just kind of went more for like how vulnerable can I get? How how much do I want to share? And so I think that growth, like where I'm at right now, like I feel so good about what I'm doing because I just I know it's me and I'm being honest even if it doesn't sound good or whatever. Like it just it feels good to be able to get that release. I realize I don't do music for like fans or listeners or something anymore. Like I just do it because I've been doing it since I was a kid. It's therapy. Like I like it. <laughs> like it helps me unfold a little bit, you know? Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. How does it feel? I mean, yeah. How does it feel just being vulnerable in your music? I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of artists just, they're so afraid to be vulnerable mm-hmm. because they feel as if they'll be judged or looked down upon. Do you ever feel that whenever you're making your music? Um, no, I don't. I don't feel looked down. I've always been somebody who has, like, my father tell me all the time, like, you're honest, but, like, you're honest to a fault. Like, you share too much. <laughs> and I think yeah. I'm just too, I'm okay with that. Like, being like, hey, um, like, I'll, I'll tell. Like, somebody, I remember I used to wear chains, and somebody would be like, hey, man, nice chain. I'd be like, yeah, it's fake, bro, but <laughs> but thank you. You know, like, I would, like, yeah, I'm just yeah. overly honest. Like, you didn't even have to tell me that, bro. Um, so I think I've always been that. I don't know why I'm that way, but... uh but, you know, I don't feel any, like, shame in sharing anything. Yeah. Or maybe I just haven't shared, like, the deepest parts of me. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> I just always think, like, men are, we hold on to our emotions way more than, well, I guess I was going to say any other any, any other gender, but I mm-hmm. guess there's only one under, other mm-hmm. gender, maybe mm-hmm. a few more, but, like, we yeah. do. And we're, men are so, men are built up to be afraid to feel vulnerable mm. in any situation, whether that's, you know, at work, whether that's in relationships. So it's interesting that you're just kind of like, I just put it out there. Like, yeah. I'm going to put it on the platter for you, and you kind of like, you decipher it how you want to. Yeah. And yeah. I respect music like that because it makes it easier for your fans or people who listen to you to kind of like relate to like yeah. what you're saying. I'll get to that too because, man, a song on your album, fucking, it got me today. Really? Yeah, uh, I dude, it know. got me. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like people want something to relate to. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what's what's your favorite album that ever came out? Or one of your favorite albums, not okay. like your favorite. One of, one of my favorite albums, um, I have so many, bro. One, uh, The Cool, Lupe Fiasco, Jay-Z's very first album, Reasonable Doubt, um, for different reasons. I have so many. Yeah, and, and I asked you that question because, like, you have an emotional connection to those albums, mm-hmm. correct? Right. There's songs in those albums that you relate to in your personal life. Right. And that's what being vulnerable gets you. It gets mm. you fans that are emotionally, emotionally yeah. connected to you, or not even emotionally connected to you, but they feel as if, like, damn, like, mm-hmm. this person's just like me. They're normal. Mm-hmm. For me, like, Kanye West 808s and Heartbreaks came out. I had just... Broke up with my uh, 
my girlfriend, sophomore year of high school, oh, that we were together since like eighth grade. And then it was like two weeks later <laughs> that came out. <laughs> That's and I'm, the like, album hey, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, are we connected? <laughs> no, man, 808s and Heartbreaks, bro. I slept on that album at first. Yeah. And then it like grew on me. My brother's a huge Kanye fan. Mm-hmm. So we lived together at one point. And him playing that album every day, oh my gosh. And then also like he lost his mother time oh, too okay. you, you you know um yeah. kanye lost his yep. mother at that time so it's like man yeah that's a crazy album to listen yeah. to when you just go through a breakup it is and it, it's crazy that it came out at that time too <laughs> it's like i'll say i'll say this i slept on the yeezus album mm-hmm. for the super for the longest time mm-hmm. and then it's like one day like something happened i was frustrated i turned that out i'm like oh god <laughs> this here we go again <laughs> <laughs> we're emotionally connected <laughs> Wow, because that's like that album. Yeah, that I think a lot of people slept on that one, yeah. right? Like, I'm sleeping. I'm still sleeping on that one. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a little. It's a genre built bending album. Yeah, it is. Hands down. It is. Hands down. When I look at the track list, though, I'm like, oh, yeah, there were joints on here. Yes. Like, yeah. There are a bunch of sleepers on that album that people yeah. just kind of like passed up. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. This is pretty fire. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, since since you've been making music for a while, man, I know everyone kind of has their epiphanies at different times. Mm-hmm. When did you realize, like, damn, like, I can actually rap? Mm. Uh, I, I think when when I was young, like, when I was talking about, like, karaoke, playing with the karaoke machine, when my brothers would say I was nice, and I was like, okay, I'm nice. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like, when my because bro- my brothers are, like, tough critics, you know, and they, re- everything that, like, a lot of the music I run into is because they have, like, tried something new. Yep. And so, like, for them to say, and they still don't, like, it's not like, bro, you killed this. It's like, that's nice. And when they say that, it's like, yo, <laughs> like, I did it. You know what I'm saying? But, but yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I guess back then, like I, I realized that I I could do it, but like I said, like most of it is just like me trying to figure myself out. So I think it's just like therapeutic, even without trying to say like I'm good at it. Like just trying to figure myself out right yeah. now. Yeah, that's weird for me. I I used to make music back in the day. Yeah, and God, I was like I hated my voice. I hated like every single thing about it. Like, <laughs> I hated it. And you have the friends where it's like, yeah, man, that's tight. Like, it's good. And it's just like, no, nah, I can always do better. Mm-hmm. That was horrible. That was the worst song I ever made. So it's like, for me, man, I, I never really, I never got to that point where it's like, damn, like, I'm good. Did like, you, like, sing or rap? Or I rapped. You rapped? Yeah, of course, right. man. Back in the day. Oh, man. Like, 10 looking back, it's been 10 years since we, yeah, we put out our, we had, like, a little group called Flight Club. Mm. 10 years dope, man. was the last time we uh, put out music. So it's out there now? Yeah, it's it's out there floating. Oh, you know I'm gonna check it out, bro. Yeah, good luck finding it, man. <laughs> it's not Look like, up oh, it's not like Club a... and you're gonna get like a million things. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking like I feel like I heard that name before. Uh, I don't know, man. We I don't know if we had a fan base, but <laughs> <laughs> one night I was out partying at UWM and some random kid came up to me. He's like, "Oh, you you're one club. of those flight kid guys." Uh, I was like, "What? <laughs> you ever think about doing it again?" No. No? <laughs> you don't have a passion for it? I, I love music. Music's yeah. always been, like, a big part of my life. But I don't see myself ever, creating. like, yeah, creating music ever again. I would love to. Mm. But I just don't have the time. 
I don't have the time. I don't have the patience yeah. for it either. Not, I'll take that back. It's not like I don't have the patience for it. I don't have the patience for myself mm-hmm. to make music. I don't have the I don't have the time in the day to be my biggest critic um, at work, yeah. podcasting, editing all these videos and yeah. podcasting, yeah. and making music. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe when I stop podcasting, I'll be like, yeah, let me start rapping again. Yeah. And it's gonna be like that 45 year old guy <laughs> trying to make music, and trying to be cool. But you know what though? I mean, have you been feeling like lately, like older rappers have been dope though? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I feel like the like, and why weren't we thinking about this before? Because like the older you get, the more experience you have. That should. I used to always be the person. I remember telling somebody like, "Bro, I don't want to be rapping when I'm 30. I'm I'm 33. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I'm still rapping. But um, yeah, but I feel like these older rappers that are coming out with stuff. I'm like, yo, this is game. Like this is good. Like, the stuff that they're saying is wisdom, you know exactly. what I mean? As opposed to listening to a 20-year-old who's going to change their views maybe in, in, in you know, the next 10 years. Yep. You know, but no, it's all good, though. All, all both sides are good, but. I agree. But yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's super funny that you say that. I had, do you know who Mag is? Magix. He's like, a, he's the head of, like, the backline music thing that goes on in Milwaukee. I know the backline music. So he's, like, know. the head person for that. And yeah. I had him on the podcast just uh, just a few days ago, and we were talking about vinyl, mm. um, and how I I levitate more to better sounding music mm. compared to something someone just put out and it's not mastered and it's mm. just there to be a TikTok video, but it charts in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's age, man, mm. because get back to what you were saying, like these older rappers are like putting out game. It's mm. because now we're at that same place in life yeah. with them. Yeah. And being able to, and we can connect with them, man, connect with them much better. Yeah. Because when Drake was 26, mm-hmm. what was his audience? Very true. 25 yep. to 15. Mm-hmm. Now that Drake is what, 30, 32, 30, in that ballpark, where is his, like, his fan base? Mm-hmm. It's not the 15, 16 year olds anymore. Yes. It's like the 30, like 20, 27, 28, 30 plus group. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just all age, man. Yeah. We grew with the music. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we just, we, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else to say about yeah, that. You're yeah, right. It's <laughs> I, I didn't really think about it because I'm like, ah, oh, like, I just love good sounding music. And I was talking about getting a record player. Me too. And just collecting, like, a bunch of vinyls and stuff. And it's, and he was like, yeah, but you got to realize we like good sounding stuff. Mm-hmm. The kids just don't care. Because they don't know what good sounds like. Mm-hmm. So, speaking on that, man, when it comes to what's popular now in hip hop and in rap, do you ever kind of like sit there and like compare yourself to like what what's really popping to what you're making? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, every time I hear something, because okay, so in terms of like growing with the music, I could think of like back in the day. I was talking to my friend uh, the other day, and I was cool with, like, bad sounding, like, bad mixed yep. music, as long as the lyrics were dope, like, if it's mixed horribly. Because think of, like, the mixtapes back in the day. Like, they were not mixed well. But you would listen to it, or those radio freestyles, like, you would listen to it. Um, but uh, give me the question again. I'm sorry. I, I didn't. No, no, you can <clears> do <throat> just flow. 
<laughs> we'll, well, we'll get back to the question. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, nah, just like as as I get older, it's definitely like changing to a point where I'm like, man, I could hear that sax in the background. Like yeah. that was a dope ad. Like that was a good idea, or that like synth that you barely hear that makes the song. You know, mm-hmm. but um. But yeah, like I said, I forgot your question. Yeah, no, 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 you're good. I wanted to, I wanted you to just continue that that thought really quick. Um, just wanted to let you get your voice out. But yeah, I was like, I was asking, you know, do you ever compare yourself and the type of music that you make to what's like really popular within the industry? Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I do. I was gonna say that when I hear a really good album, I like turn on my music afterwards. <laughs> sounds narcissistic but like i'll just start comparing it to be like okay does this sound well or and sometimes somebody will come up with a new sound like a new cadence or something and i just want to experiment with it yeah um but yeah i think yeah i I still i always compare myself like where am i at with this or do i do i even want to follow anything like this yeah um yeah i think that's the nature of it like of doing music or being an artist or whatever, yeah. like you, you may have that comparison. I think probably the best artists maybe don't compare themselves, but I don't know. I remember uh, who was it? Not John Legend. John uh, Mayer said, "I am." Uh, he said, "I'm just like a bad rendition of my favorite artist. Like I'm just trying to copy my favorite artist, yeah. and this is what came out." And I think that comes from comparisons. Like you just you're comparing. You know what you like. And you find something you like in terms of like modern sounds. Like I'm not gonna like compare myself to something that I'm not feeling. Yeah. Like if I don't like it, I don't. You know. That's good, man. You don't you don't get sidetracked then because I feel like a lot of artists they want what that that hit formula mm-hmm. where it's just kind of like that the catchy cadence, whatever cadence is popular at that time, mm-hmm. whatever hook type is popular at that time, whatever mm-hmm. instrumentation is popular at that time, mm-hmm. then it's just like the hit formula. How can they replicate that five different times? Yeah. And it's insane. I can't say I'm immune to it, though. Because yeah. I, I, what you're saying, I'm like, as you're talking, I'm like, no, I've done that. <laughs> but that's the thing, dude. Everyone's done it. Yeah. But the thing is, like, your album's not filled with it. Right. You'll get yeah. a 15, 16-track album with the same hit formula. Yeah. And that's where it's just kind of like, do you have any range? Right. And it's super interesting that you, you said something about uh, listening to like pe- people's, I mean, artists, different artists, different cadence, mm-hmm. because that's something as I've gotten older, I start to notice that too. Mm. I'm just like, I've never was super picky about like how the rapper rapped as long as it <laughs> sound good, what right, cadence right. it was. And now I'm just like, oh, that's so and so's cadence. Mm-hmm. Now you're just following his flow. It's like, man, you you could listen to somebody's album, and it's like I know what you were listening to. Yeah. Like I I know, and sometimes I listen to my stuff like, oh yeah, I was feeling like Chance the Rapper at that time, or I was like into Jay at that time because I could hear it in my voice. Like, but yeah, yeah, those it's, those yeah, and it's addicting too. Like yeah. if everybody likes it, you know what I mean. You you might want to play with it. Exactly. You know, it's weird that I wouldn't be having this conversation when I was 16 years old about rappers' cadences, and now I'm 28 and I'm having this conversation about different rappers' cadences. <laughs> it blows my mind. <laughs> it's, it's, it's real, man. And like, I, you ever talk to like um, like a younger person, like about um, 
like I talked to my cousin um, about music a lot, and like his ear is different. You know, he's he's young. He's yeah. a young dude. He's like 18, 19. So, and I'll find myself like saying like, "Yo, but like the cadence or like the 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 instrumentation on this one or blah blah." blah. And he's like, oh, "Okay, cool, yeah, yeah." Like, <laughs> if I like it, I like it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Speaking on uh, albums and music and everything, man, Grey Matter. Mm-hmm. Would you, you put out projects before this. Would you consider this your debut album, though? Yeah. You mm-hmm. would? Yeah, this is, yeah, this is it. This is it. Because everything else was mixtapes and yeah. EPs or singles. So this is it. So a lot of people say that it pretty much takes your entire life up to that point to to put out that first album. Do you believe that? Um yes, I do. Yep. I I do think that a lot of times I think that an artist like first album is the, normally like their best album. Um but I definitely critique myself a lot. So like when I listen to it, I like it. <laughs> but I still definitely. critique myself <laughs> like uh, you know, I could do better here or, you know, what I'm writing now is different than this because I've been writing that for, like, years or trying to get it done for, like, years, man. Like, yeah. you know, just trying to, who, who's going to mix the project? How am I going to find the money for this? Or, you know, it came to a point where I, I just tried to cut out all the middlemen and just, okay, now I'm just going to mix it myself. I'm just going to figure out how to do this. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, at the end, it was like, I'm just gonna put this out. Like I'm just, I'm done. I'm, I've played it so much that I'm tired of it. But um, when I released it, hearing people's feedback just made me. It made me feel so good, bro. Like it made me feel, and like people would tell me, like, bro, I'm proud of you. Like that feels good. It almost feels like they know. Yeah. Like that. Like man, it took something to do this. And yeah, it just feels like kind of like a a weight off my back, like sort of like a personal accomplishment. Like man, I finished it. I finished yeah. something. You know what I mean? But I yeah. know what you mean. Yeah, completely know what you mean. Yeah. I'm happy you didn't you didn't rush it out either. It yeah. sounds very very polished. Seems like you took your time. Thank you, man. What what was that creative process like? I know you kind of you dived a little bit into it right now, just saying you tried to create cut out a lot of like the middlemen. And you said you've been writing this for such a long time. Yeah. You know, what were some of the distinct moments that you remember mm-hmm. that were like mm-hmm. that moment made this album? Um, um I think like there's a al- uh, there's a track on there where I'm talking about like doubt. I think writing that made me feel like so free to talk about it. Um, so I think that that moment made me feel like, okay, this feels like a base of, of what I'm trying to do. Like, be honest about, okay, yes, I believe this, but then also, like, I still deal with this other side of it. Um, and, like, how honest can I be, like, rapping, like, the rest of the tracks around, like, mm-hmm. something like this? Um, so that was, like, a big moment for me. Uh, and then... Uh, writing uh, the track uh, Muse about my wife or our marriage, that felt really good because, um, like, I wrote, like, my first two verses, um, like, when we first got married. And then the very last verses was written, like, a couple months ago. So it it just, 
that moment felt like, man, like you actually got that thought out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you actually like wrote that thing down and, and now you can see it. You know, like lately I've been journaling a lot and I, I, I've never journaled, but just like journaling and be able to see my thoughts on paper to just say, okay, I don't have to worry about like that unraveled thought in my mind. Like, man, what, did I ever come to a conclusion on this? Like to see like somewhat of a conclusion uh, on that on that particular song, Muse, felt good. So yeah, those creative moments. Um, it's man, it's been so crazy. Like, like I said, trying to get this thing out. I remember doing a show where uh, there's a there's a guy who came to an old show, and for whatever reason, he's like seven feet tall. <laughs> so I saw him in the crowd, and some just said like, "Yo, make friends with that person." Yeah. <laughs> so after the concert, I'm like, "Hey, bro." how you doing? What's your name? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, let's go to Applebee's and get some food. And like the whole, like, uh, like a lot of people from the concert came and just had Applebee's. I heard this dude's story, talked to him. Now he's like my friend, like my close oh, friend. Dope. Really dope. Well, he would go to like show after show after show. And he was like, what do we have to do to get this album done, bro? And I was like, bro, I don't have the money. I, I don't even, I'm writing, but I don't know how I'm going to get this thing done. I'm going to keep trying. And he was like, well, tax time's coming up. I'm going to give you some of my tax money to get this thing done. Oh, man, that's awesome. That's a blessing. I know, bro. So I'm like, dog, that's crazy. So then from that, I'm like, I don't want to spend, like, this dude's money and, like, on, because people charge a lot for mixing and stuff. So I was like, let me f figure out a way I can get it for, like, a low cost with, like, good quality. So I found this guy. He's like, okay, all right, we're cutting it kind of close, but we'll, we'll, we'll do it. And for the first session, I was, you know, headed over there. And he's like, hey, man, I can't do it. <laughs> Damn. Come on, man. So then, um, and I'm, I have a documentary that uh, that's coming, actually dropping this Friday. Releasing oh, nice. this Friday, the first episode of it. And, it um, and as it unravels, you'll hear, like, some of the story from it. But, like, then I met these dudes, uh, William and Kevin Bush, who are immortal girlfriend? They're a group here in Milwaukee. Yeah, and they're cold. You know them? Yeah, I've been trying to get them on the podcast, man. Word? Yeah, I said tell them come. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, please. <laughs> they're dope, man. Well, you dude, know they're, they're dope, amazing. dude. They're dope and they're humble. Like they're so humble, bro. And uh, so you know, I met with them, and like I said, the the documentary will share. But they have a crazy story, like how they're going for this, like full-fledged, like you said, with the podcast, like, they are going in, like, doing whatever they can to, like, live out their dreams. Yeah. Um, but uh, they they helped, because uh, they're, like, actual musicians. They helped my friend Red Eye, who, like, produces, like, most of my songs. Um, he raps as well. They helped him do a concert. And I'm like, man, this concert's so dope. And... I went to him, I was like, bro, this was so fire, bro. Like, y'all killed this. And he's like, bro, I've been wanting to work with you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so uh, they're like, man, we're, we have this studio. They had a studio at the time. He was like, come through. So came through to the studio. They helped the, the process. They started helping, like, mix and, like, show me things. And, like, a lot of times you go there and we honestly just be vibing out because yeah. they're just musicians and, like, incredible creatives. And so then they helped, uh, like, help mix some of the project. I'm like, okay, wow, 
wow, like God just like provided a way for me to actually get this thing done. But then they got so busy and then like they got, um, William is actually like, uh, like they just released a video of them performing yep. and he like pulls up his, his stomach and or pulls up his shirt and you can see uh, he's getting chemo pumped into him as he's doing the performance. Oh, geez, man. Crazy, right? Uh, so he also like sickness and also just getting so busy they couldn't like help as much as they could before. So I'm just like super grateful for the fact that they helped, but then they have to yeah, drop off now. So I'm like, now nah, I don't know how I'm gonna get this out. And then uh, I have a friend in Chicago, he's a musician. I started recording it at his house and and but I just can't keep going back and forth to Chicago. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So uh, one day he's like, hey, bro, I want to sell you my studio equipment. And I'm like, that's really dope. I can't afford it. <laughs> but that sounds really dope, man. He's like, all right, I understand, you know. And, you know, one day I drive home from work. There's like a tarp in my backyard. And I'm like, pissed. Like, who walked up my driveway and dropped trash in my backyard? You know what I mean? And um, my wife is just watching me fuss. Like, Corey, like, come in the house. I'm like, babe, who dropped a tarp <laughs> in our backyard? And I'm like looking at my neighbors like, who would walk? And y'all let this happen, you know what I mean? And so she's like, she starts going to the door. She's like, Corey, come in the house. And I'm still fussing. And she's like, please just come in the house. I come downstairs. I have this room downstairs. It, he gave me all his studio equipment. Oh, damn, dude. <laughs> he gave me everything. And he's like, bro, I know you're going to do something with it. I'm going to the Air Force. Take it. That's <laughs> I'm like, amazing. Bro, like, oh my crazy. Gosh. Like, so then I'm like, okay, I just have to figure out how to mix. Yeah, <laughs> like, I have to figure it out. Yeah, so I just took the, the stems that I had and just tried to figure it out, you know. So, like, that whole process, like, looking back, it feels good. Because I'm like, man, this was such a journey, and it's actually done. And to hear, like, people's response to it, like, to say, man, like, I'm thankful that you did this. Like, man, that feels so good. Yeah. Like, after this long journey, for somebody to say, like, this actually helps me. This is something that, that's, you know, tangibly helps me. I'm like, dude, I feel, like, useful. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Dude, that is Isn't insane. That nuts, bro? Crazy, bro. Crazy. I, I'm, I'm completely taken back and... Sh- it's just, I'm shaking right now. Isn't that nuts, bro? Like, all of yeah. that is, like, that's God, bro. Like It is. I'm like, what? None of this should have happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't have the funds for this. I don't have the skills to do any of this. The stars just don't align that way. <laughs> right. For normal people, unless this this album was meant to come out to impact even if that, even if it's that one person, it was meant to impact that one person and change their life. Dude, like, I, I definitely pray, like, you know, God, if it's f- just four people that are like, this helped. Help me to be content with that. Like, help me to be okay with that because that's what I'm doing it for, yeah. right? Like, there's a reason I'm doing this, a mission for this, right? So I'm like, please help me be content with if there's just, like, four people. And for people telling me, like, uh, somebody wrote on a YouTube comment, like, I this is growing me. Dude, <laughs> like that makes me feel so good. Yeah. Like I said, like useful. You know what I mean? Like exactly. I, 
there's a purpose to this, you know? It's not just rapping. Like, I'm not just, like, getting off on myself, like, being a narcissist and just enjoying my hobby. Um, but, like, God is, like, using it in some way. You know what I mean? I like, know what you mean. You, you just said something that really made an impact on me. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's not just rapping. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, we hear the term, like, it's, it's deeper than rap. Mm-hmm. And it's the truth. Like, yeah. whatever, everything we do, we do for a purpose. We do to impact people in some sort of way. Like, for example, like this podcast, I made it to share people's stories. Mm-hmm. But not just to the point of sharing people's stories, but to share people's ups and downs mm-hmm. so that maybe there is that one kid who's trying to figure out how to master his first, uh, his first album mm-hmm. or trying to figure out how to make it in the music industry. Or just try to figure out how to make it in music, period, or make it in anything in life. Yeah. And they hear, somehow, they stumble upon this episode, and then they're like, damn, like, he went through this? Like, he overcame mm. this? I can get through this, too. Mm. And that's, like, the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're going to accomplish that, bro. Thank I hope you, you stay here, man. I hope you stay in Milwaukee. I, I hope so, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to enjoy Milwaukee much more. Um but we'll see. My fiance, she's going trying to get into PA school. Okay. So just a few weeks ago, we were about to have to like move to Houston. So that's a good reason to move. I yeah, guess, like know. for her schooling, like we just it, it's wherever she gets in, and yeah, from there we go. Um, but that yeah. that is unfortunate. But I love I love Milwaukee, man. I love and hate it at the same time. Yeah. But it's got its ups and downs. Exactly. I did want to say this, man, because you were talking about your music impacting people. Your song, Granny. Granny. Oh, my God. Um, sorry to say God, but... Uh, You're that, fine, bro. Talk however you talk. That, <laughs> I was, like, at my desk, man, like, almost, like, like fighting back tears mm. just because, like, one, one thing that, like, really stuck out to me was saying that your, your grandmother saw your first child. Mm. And that is, like, one of the biggest goals, like, I have for, like, mm. my grandmother. And that's, like, honestly, that's the only thing I want. And it's, mm. like, my grandma, she's getting older. She's in her 70s. And okay. it's, like, I'm getting married in a few months. But we probably won't be starting a family yeah. right away, you know? Yeah. And that's just, like, my biggest fear. Mm. It's, like, if her, like, she's done so much for, like, my family. Like, she's, like, the glue and, like, the, like, crazy-ass family I Matriarch. have. Matriarch. Matriarch. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, like, that's just, like, the one thing I just want. Whether, and you know what? And if it's if it's not mine, like, my kid, then if it's my sister's. Like, that's, I just want her to know that. To see that. To see that. And be like, we're, we're going to take it on from here. <sighs> that song impacted me so deeply to the point where it's just, like, you know what? I, I don't see my grandmother enough. Like, my mom yells at me for not going to see my grandmother mm-hmm. enough. Like, my mom yells at me for not coming over all the time. <laughs> and right. it's just, like, you know, like, things get busy. Like, I'm I'm constantly, like, doing something. And it's, like, sometimes you just got to hit pause on everything that you got planned and everything you have going on to just see those people. It's just super important. It won't be it won't be time wasted, man. No. And, and, like, how we talked about, like, how rappers for us, like, grew with time. Like, they become more wise, like sitting with like older people is like rich yeah you know what i mean like um not to get like man you should do that because i, I am yeah it's a goal of mine now moving forward yeah most definitely yeah because man like I, I think of like asking um 
asking my grandmother like stories about because she was pretty honest. Mm-hmm. She was she was a pretty honest person. And she was sweet, but she was also like not a punk. Mm-hmm. You know, like she was yeah. she was bold. And asking her stories and hearing her with that honesty telling me certain things because you know when you're younger, you know they might shield certain things from you. Now that we're exactly. older, they'll tell you like, I've been where you've been. You know, like I can I can tell you something about that, or at least I can tell you my experience with that. Um, and I I look back like like there's a part in the song where um, uh, I talked about how like my grand I would tell my grandmother I love her. And she wouldn't say, I love you back. She would say, I know. And I felt like that was so That's wild. That's what my grandmother says, too. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Did your grandmother not say bye on the phone either? No, she said, okay, okay. bye, all the time. Oh, my grandma <laughs> will not, she will not say bye on the phone. I wonder if that's a thing for her. She, I, I think it is. Hmm. Yeah, dude. Like, and, and, I, I, and I feel like that's so s- smart to tell, like, your grandkid. I know, like, yep. if something were to happen, just know I knew, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't know if she was thinking that, but, and she didn't, it, my grandmother didn't always say that. She said that as she was, like, deteriorating, you know, like, as she was getting sicker, she, uh, she died of cancer. So as she was getting sicker, she, she would, I know, you know, yeah. and, like, when I would walk in the room, like at a, you know, I would take off work if I hear she's sick, and I would go like see her and stuff, and she'd be like, "You know, you, you know, you need to stay at work. Yeah, I'll be fine. You know, go, yeah. go get out of here. You know." And I'd be like, Gran- "Granny, just stop." And then she'd just smile, like, but the smile was like, "I know you love me, boy." Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. and and it feels good that I had that, you know. And now that she's gone, I don't have any regrets. Like, dude, I wish I would have spent more time. I wish I would have, like, nah, I went there, and I got to get that richness of, like, her wisdom, like, her telling me certain stuff, like, um, I mean, older people are so rich, like, they have so much wealth in their mind, (laughs) like, it's crazy, and we, you know, sometimes we sleep on it, like, but it's like, dude, everybody should just get that from them, because... They've been there, even if they haven't been there. Their perspective is crazy, like it's dope. I agree. Um, but no, that means a lot that uh, that it affected you that way. Yeah, like, dude, it, it really, <laughs> really affected me. <laughs> like I was, I was taken back, and this just random thought just popped into my head too. We're like the first generation where our like grand, like our grandparents would even have the chance to like see our kids and some if i may be thinking timelines a little bit wrong because what slavery ended in 1930 correct yeah i think so or no maybe it's not 1930 (laughs) but it was like early 1900s or maybe 1890 something along those i sound Mm -hmm. like an idiot but (laughs) whenever slavery ended it wasn't that long ago Mm -hmm. and if i'm thinking about this like my gra- my great grandmother, her grandmother was probably in slavery, like thinking about it, like realistically, mm-hmm. and how the slave trade went down. Like you, you were stripped from your homes. You don't know who. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like this is kind of like that first opportunity where they have that chance to actually see like our like yeah. their great grandkids. Yeah. 
and have it like actually mean something besides, you know, you have kids, you know, your grandmother had kids when she was like 15 or something crazy right. like that. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like normal age, like, you know, 20s, 30s have kids, yeah. you know, 20s, 30s have kids, 20s, 30s have kids. Mm-hmm. And now they can kind of like track that generation back. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, no, you're right. And maybe I'm completely wrong, but this is no, just how I mean, my brain is like processing that information right now. I, I, I think that makes sense. I mean, that's just nuts because, uh, you know, they, like my, my parents are now starting, you know, I have two kids and they're starting to, they're grandparents now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we change so much just as humans, like, what do they say, like every three years or something, like we change or something. But um, for them to kind of look at my kids and see themselves and like get a kick out of like seeing us struggle <laughs> to like parent the way they were struggling. Um, and just to think like their parents being able to look back and see that generation is crazy. Yeah. And it's got to feel incredible. Like, and I can't, you know, I hope I get there, you know, where I'm able exactly. to see like my kids have kids and be able to see like, dude, this is so crazy how that gene went from here to here and it's still there like my my daughter uh okay i'm about to go add i have add so (laughs) (laughs) so my daughter like i remember i used to keep this little uh like security blanket and i kept it way longer than i should (laughs) have so i had this little security blanket mine (laughs) mine was a mine was a stuffed dog it was like i i still have it really no lie so it's like, so I had this weird like fetish with like rub, like rubbing a little soft thing against my face. Okay, so my daughter, without any prompting, anything, she does that, and it's so weird. And like, she does it to the point where like she does things that are like idiosyncrasies that I have. Yeah. That I'm like, whoa! Like I, you weren't, you weren't taught this. Like you don't see this. Like. You don't, you've never known that this was me. And I'm like, even the way she does it, I'm like, dude, I did it the same way. Like, this is so weird. You know what I mean? (laughs) And like, to see that, and then I can't imagine generation after generation after generation seeing something that you're like, yo, that same gene, like, it's still there. Like, I know why you're acting that way, which is like, I'm more like prompting to be like seeing your grandparents, if you, you know, if they're around to be like, Help me, you know, like help me because the same way that, you know, you were in certain situations I was, tell me the pitfalls or the or the success stories of this. Exactly. You know, but, but yeah, that's crazy. You know, you're right, yeah. though. And I looked it up. Slavery ended in 1865. So <laughs> there you go. off on both of my guesses. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I didn't know either. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not a history buff. I just... Uh, I just kind of guessed. <laughs> I fall back from history sometimes because I'm like, I know I'm going to get a date wrong. Yeah. I don't want to say anything. I don't even know why I said a date. <laughs> what happened in 1930? That's what we really need yeah, to figure that's out. That's what I need to figure out. What happened in 1930? <laughs> no, you know what happened in 1930, actually, and that's why it's stuck in my head. Segregation. So, no. So, the last slave alive hmm. had an interview in 1930 that was just found 10 years ago. That's Word? what it was. Yep. I probably should look that up. That's it just, crazy. It just came out like maybe a few, maybe a few years ago. It's it's not even that big of a news somehow. But How? Yeah, he was the he was the last slave that was actually on a slave ship. 
Oh my God, I need to read that. Yes. Oh he, my God. Um, founded the 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 place in Mobile, Alabama called Africa Town. He founded it? Yeah. Him and like a few other slaves from that plantation. That's deep, dog. Yeah. I need to I need to read that. Yeah. Oh man. It's crazy how this stuff pops up. Like yep. there was an interview with uh Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin that popped up like a couple years ago. I used to like listen to it like I listen to podcasts podcast like yeah. it, and it's so good it's so good like i would listen rewind and just hearing them banter and stuff like that and i'm like how how did we just now get in this yeah like where was this sitting this entire exactly. time like, it's like uh have you seen the dave Chappelle interview with uh what is it the director's seat one uh i don't it's know old it's old it's really old maybe 2000s but i was gonna say oprah no, not with Oprah. <laughs> I don't even know who the guy is that interviewed him. But it's like director's seat, a director's chair. Yeah. Dude, that interview is the most insightful interview I've ever seen mm, in my entire life. Really? You probably saw the quotes from it. He was like, never call anyone crazy because mm. that's dismissive. Have you heard him say that? Oh, that's dope. Dude, though. yes. So he talks about that, the whole like Eddie Murphy, like Blue Streak incident mm -hmm. where he was like out in the middle of the street waving a gun, mm -hmm. like all this, like just dropping gems and it was just like that all of it, that happened so long ago and then all of a sudden it just like resurfaced and it's like where 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 was this for the longest amount of time right. man dave Chappelle's another one yeah he's like genius man that dude got some man he got some knowledge man he's gonna I, be here the tickets go on sale Friday. Next Friday or oh, they call on sale Friday. Friday. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Those next week. Crazy. I wonder how like seventy is. bucks. That's it. Seventy and ninety dollars. Yeah. Oh, they're out the door. Yeah. I wonder if I can get one in. Yeah. My brothers love them too. Yeah. Just hearing that dude talk, man. Yeah. Somebody turned out fifty million. Yeah. The way he spends his money now, though, is crazy. You remember he was doing like uh, the last documentary that he put out was him just like kind of touring the world mm -hmm. with like uh on netflix on netflix yeah. with him like but just like a band no no not that one this is mm -hmm. a little bit older um when he was kind of just touring like the u.s with what's the band that's on that talk show roots yeah with like the roots mm. he was just like tour with like the roots and stuff and he mm. like puts on like random shows like on his like farm in cleveland and it's like that's how he spends his money. He spent not even on like things, just on like giving experiences to other people. Yeah, that's crazy. I remember watching. I don't know if this was that documentary or something else, but like just the fact that he's living in Ohio yep. is was kind of crazy. And like seeing uh, there was a moment in whatever documentary, whatever this was, where he's like walking down the street talking, and then some like older dude comes up to him, was like, "Hey, Dave," and Dave's like. Hey man, I want to say, man, I'm sorry about your father, man. Um, I'm gonna be over there probably later on today. And I'm was just that like, block party? Was that the block party doc? I don't know. I feel like it might have been. I don't know. I don't. I feel like it came after. I don't know. But either way, the fact that he, <laughs> like, this dude is like ridiculously yeah. famous, and still like, to I, I'm amazed by people who are famous and grounded. Yeah. Or at least seemingly grounded. You know what I mean? Because I told my friend, like, man, fame looks terrible. Like, it looks horrible, man. Like, yeah. it, it's, it looks gross. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think, like, the best, like, artist, like, the, the, the best place to be is, like, to be that person that can make music, 
people will listen to it, and then you can do a show undercover, like uh, like Tech Nine. That dude has been like, un- I guess, technically, I guess, underground a little bit. But the dude, he he does these shows. He he he's getting paid and all this stuff, and it's like kind of under the radar. Like you won't hear him on the radio. You won't like. But the dude is doing it. I feel like, man, that's a nice place to be. You don't have to be super famous, like, and just be able to do your art and it's famous freaking growth, bro. Like, I would do something more on the lines of uh, how Frank Ocean does it. Where <laughs> disappear. Just like puts out music, disappears. Yeah. Puts out something, disappears. <laughs> that's how I would do it. Like you have the like you have the fame aspect. I don't think it's like the fame aspect that's nasty. I think it's like what comes with fame mm-hmm. and what people expect out of you for being Ugh. famous. And I only believe those things happen is when you put yourself in the public eye continuously. I can see while that. While being famous. And like him, like, what's the expectations for Frank? Put out another album. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. There's nothing else. There's yeah. not the same expectations um, on him as they are on Kanye West. Yeah. Or who else can I think? Like, every, a lot of artists has just been ducking off lately. I mean, like, you got J. Cole. He's yeah, not really like he's out ducked off, too. Yeah. The, the same that's put on, like, newer artists. Mm-hmm. Like, and new artists that are, like, popping. Like, those are the, like, that's the fame I don't want. Oh, my God. It looks bad, it bro. It looks bad. And it, it looks dangerous. Out, yeah, like, yeah, they burnt out. look over their shoulder all the time. Like, mm-hmm. man, I just want to, like, sit back, chill, do my craft. Right. And make some money and be done. It's like I still want to be a husband and a father. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like you don't want that to be. You don't want that. You don't want that part of your life to just be all out in the open. You gotta have something that's private. Keep it. Yeah, like something that's your. Uh, what's that J Cole song? Um, he kind of talks about that. Like he, he kind of talks about like listeners like knowing too much about his life. Yeah. I forget what it what song it was. I feel like it was on Forest Hill Drive. But um, I love yours. Is it? That's a. Although love yours is like basically what we're talking about, yeah. but uh, I don't feel like it's love yours. I feel like it's an intro. Is it January twenty eighth? I don't know. Oh, probably January twenty eighth. Might have been that. Yeah. But I, I'm like, man, that sounds right, man. Like you give so much, you know. Like I couldn't imagine if I was like famous for real or something yeah. like that, and like being like, oh man, I want to make vulnerable music, and then. Give so much vulnerability yeah. that and, and being famous, and then like to a point where like like even listening to your podcast, right? I'm listening to the podcast. I listened to like uh, like three. Ep- it was good, bro. <laughs> I keep telling you that, but it's good. But uh, like the I learned so much about you. You know what I'm saying? Like you, uh, I know that you ran track. I know that uh, did you go like did you go to Paris or something yeah. like that as well? Like, stuff like that, just off of the podcast. Just, like, I knew you were a sneakerhead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, could you imagine, like, somebody, and then now we have these long-form podcasts, too, yeah. like, where <laughs> it's fun to do it, but yeah. then it, you can only you imagine. so much like, out there. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot out there, man. Like, but, yeah, yeah, I just think that's fame is just scary, bro. Yeah. Like, and to, to maintain yourself, like, that's why I'm just, like, applaud somebody who just, like, is seemingly grounded to some way, like, and being super famous like that, like Dave Chappelle, like, being able to, like you said, Frank Ocean, 
to be able to disappear, which is a blessing. I don't think every artist can do that. No. You know, like only a, only a chosen few. Yeah, you know, Kendrick yeah. still waiting on that album. Yeah, but he just disappeared. Gosh. We don't see him. But when he drops, it'll be like twelve o'clock. You up? Like, yep. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Remember I was on a flight to uh, flight to California. Yeah, I was on my flight to California when the album dropped, mm. and everything stopped. We got like, dude, it was like, uh, this was like my first time in California. First, no, this was my first time like in L- like flying into LAX, mm-hmm. and I had a eighteen passenger van full of athletes. At like eleven o'clock at night, never driven in freaking California before. Don't know where I'm going. No GPS. Yeah, no GPS. Like in the car, anything. I didn't care. It was like the first, and luckily, like all all my like athletes, you know, like all my uh, sprinters are like put on that Kendrick like right away. So I was just like literally like driving through Cali, trying to figure out where the hell we're going, bumping that shit for the first time, man. That's a dope moment. Yeah. Oh man. It's crazy. No, I love stuff like that. That's kind of I no. I can't even say it's kind of like how I heard Kendrick. That is not how I heard Kendrick. Yeah. But I definitely heard him in a car, and I was with my brothers, and I slept on Kendrick. Yeah. So when I heard it, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> like, but once you get to that last song, like, what just happened? Exactly. You know what I mean? I couldn't imagine. God, being, I can't being in Cali. Yes. While you listening to that is nuts. Yeah. That's crazy, and with a with a with a uh, a van full of like kid like not kids Adults. but <laughs> right they were all like maybe two years younger than me. No, oh, I know <laughs> they. Were, what were their responses to it, dude? They were they're like, this is fucking amazing. Like this is like, I'm not gonna go to sleep tonight. I need to listen to this like four more times. Right. And then the first thing we got into the car early the next morning. No, actually, wait. I had to drive, so I dropped them off at the hotel. Then I had to go. Like another forty-five minutes north, or something, and stay at like a different hotel because I had another athlete competing at a Santa Monica or some shit like that. I don't even mm. know. And listen to it on the way there too. Dude, that's hey. a dope. Yeah, that's just, dope. That I'm gonna be with you for a long time, oh yeah, bro. It is, man. I, I mean, I it's think just those memories, yeah, is insane. Regardless, that album to me is the best album in the last ten years. Well, like, okay, so I'm saying that as a... Hold, hold that thought. <laughs> I was a rapper at one point, too, remember? So okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so just, I politely disagree. <laughs> who, who, who then? My beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasies. Okay, I'm not going there. But <laughs> That's the most impactful album in the last 10 years. Okay, impactful? And greatest. <sighs> on, all, on all fronts, that was... That was the soundtrack for the last 10 years. I for agree me, Damn is a close second, for sure. Damn is not my favorite Kendrick what album. What like, Butterfly? Uh, Good Kid, Mad City Good is my Kid, favorite. I think okay. that is like the, like what he did in there and the, like when you talk about not following trends, yeah. he did none of that. Like he was just, I'm like, what am I listening to? And I had to like figure out like as a person that like, uh, you know, lo- loves rap, like obviously you and then like writing and stuff. I'm like, where is he from? Finding like how he's do- like, why am I liking this so much? Like, yeah. what is he doing? And like, it was just stuff that I don't know, man. I I feel you. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy, um, fire album. I think like track after track is really dope. But that story made me feel something. Yeah, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy made me feel something. But it was like 
Kanye's a genius. That's what it made me feel like. Okay. But Kendrick's made me feel like I felt something in my soul. Like, yeah. like what just happened? I and I, I could see it. You know, like, he made an album that was, like, damn near visual. Like, it, it sound, it, you could see it. You know I what agree. I mean? I could see him about to, like, uh, uh, get a pack of backs in a BCD. Yep. You know what I mean? I see that. I've yep. been there. Yep. You know, like... Or, uh, or like, you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. on my way to Bible study or, or whatever. I saw him going into the house. I'd be like, man, it's somebody in here. You know what I mean? And, bro, oh, and I might listen to that on the way home. Like, <laughs> but I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah, I was in California. I was in Cal- the story with California was when Damn came out. When the that How album, are you that in California just... for both of them? No, that's when, the first time. that When okay. I was in California, Damn. I was speaking to the album Damn. Oh, so I, I thought you were talking about Good Kid, Mad no, City. No, not Good Kid, Mad okay. City, but Damn. Still when dope. Damn came out, that's when I was in California. But Good Kid, Mad City is an amazing album. I remember finding out about Kendrick when Section 80 dropped, and I'm like, this is in that same boat. It's like Ronald Reagan era. Um, gosh, what's the one song he raps like? The cadence is like super, super quick. I can't think of the name um, of it. Um, uh, Rigor Mortis? Rigor Mortis, yeah. yes. Like hearing that and like trying to remi- trying to rem- memorize that entire song, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, I, and it was the same thing. Like I don't know why I like this so much. Yeah. Like this is like what is he I don't doing? listen to music like this. Yeah, it's like how like this is not like Lil Wayne. Like the Drought Three and stuff came out yeah. during that time, <laughs> so that was like what everyone was listening to. But somehow I stumbled upon this album, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask this last question since we just said Kanye. Since we both agree Kanye had the best album the last ten years. <laughs> um, you, you talk a lot about faith in, mm-hmm. in your in your music, and yeah. God means a lot to you. Yeah. What did you think of Jesus is King? Um. All right. So, so I liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was dope. So I've listened to a lot of people have this stigma with like Christian rap that like is corny, doesn't sound good, but I found some really, really dope Christian rap. So I liked it, and I also appreciated where he's coming from. Um, I can't say that, like, I've played it a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I played it almost like on a study, like, with, with like, a head of, like, I wonder what he's going to do this time. Yeah. I listened to it. I think it's good. I just don't, like, play it that much. And yeah. I think part of that is, like, because of, like, the the – Christian artists that I've heard um, that I just have a greater attachment to or that I've grown with or whatever. But, I mean, that whole rollout, if you could even call it a rollout, it just sounds like he's living. so messy. (laughs) But, But, like, I listen to some of his interviews, and I resonate with some of the stuff he's saying. You know what I mean? Like, I remember, like, when when I first... Uh, was like, all right, God's real, and this is crazy. And what am I supposed to do with this information? You know, I remember, um, you know, reading the Bible and and going to like just to get more wisdom from everybody who like have been sitting under my nose all these years that and hearing everybody, you know, tell me stuff that I didn't know. I remember, like, what he's going through right now. I. 
in the beginning, I feel like I'm like, oh, my God, like, this stuff is crazy. Like, this works with this. Like, that doesn't, like, I didn't even realize this this whole time. I had this Bible on my dresser, and I, I've been sleeping on it. And there's so much dope things in here, like the doctrine and uh, of it and how it fits together is nuts. And then I remember getting arrogant <laughs> and feeling like, I don't know, like the like there's a Bible verse that says knowledge puffs up. Like it, knowledge sometimes makes you arrogant. And uh, not saying that Kanye is arrogant, but I remember that passion, and I could hear it in Kanye. Yeah. Like that passion that he has about like kind of like caring, but like also like not caring what you think, and I'm just going to talk, and um, you, you just listen to me. <laughs> you know, yeah. I remember that. And I, I that was a cry. That was that was him crying for help, though. Uh, which part? Uh, him just like I want to be heard. Mm-hmm. Like I just want everyone to stop whatever you're doing and just mm-hmm. like listen to me. Listen what I have to say. Yeah. Most of the time, I feel like that's a cry for help. Mm. I could be wrong. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh no, well. no, no. I'm now I'm like thinking about that because like I was a cry like for help. House, house, where you could tell he was lost. Like you can. You can see he was lost. It's like even from like when the life of Pablo dropped. Oh, you mean before this? Yeah, I'm talking about like the the time <coughs> leading up to the album coming out. Gotcha. Where the life of Pablo came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Ultralight Beam is the first album. Mm-hmm. There's so many gospel samples and gospel references yeah. on the life of Pablo. Mm-hmm. So it's like he was kind of like in that space where he was discovering a little bit more about religion. Yeah. And then you had the point where the tour was going on. St. Pablo tour, which was amazing. Mm. Um, that was the one with the like the thing over, yeah. Okay, and a box like he stood on a box. Yeah, okay. that one, <coughs> and where he would have like those rants where he would just want to be heard. It didn't matter what he didn't even know what he was saying. He was just saying stuff, mm-hmm. um, and that was kind of like that that mental break where it was just like crying out for help. And then all that happened. He came back. He started working on. I know way too much about this. <laughs> he started working on Yandi. And Yandi was kind of pretty much the same connotation, going down the same line mm-hmm. of what same uh, the life of Pablo was. And you could see, like, even listening to, like, the Yandi, like, snippets, everything that leaked was kind of in that same space. Just, like, I, I know religion. Yeah. I know a little bit more than what I knew then. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to talk my shit because I have all this knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like you said, <laughs> it, it makes you arrogant and that mm-hmm. I need to share. Mm-hmm. And then he talked about having that moment where he was like, I'm just going to denounce religion just entirely. Mm-hmm. And then he talked to some people and then he's just like, no, like the only reason why I'm in this position is because of God. Mm-hmm. And then that's when he like kind of changed focus and put out Jesus is King. I don't think it was rolled out the the correct way right. by all means, um, and it still kind of has that. Uh, I still know everything well, on the album. The, it still has like I still know everything on the album. It yeah. still has more of that, mm-hmm. but it's more of like I still know everything. Yes, I'm arrogant. God, please forgive me that I am arrogant <laughs> because this is like all I know. Yeah, kind of thing. I don't know yeah. if that answers what you were what nah, you were talking I mean, about. I just gave you like a super long timeline I, of Kanye's I, life. That's what happens when you like. <laughs> Are attached to an artist though. Oh, I'm like, so passionate. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I could, I could, I could see that. Like the the cry for help, and then um, approaching like approaching Christianity 
the way it is. And then also, like, I just wonder who's around them, too. Like, who's who's helping? Because I know I needed help. Yeah. Like, I needed somebody to, like, guide me. Like, what is, what am I supposed to do with this? Um, of course, there's God and, and prayer. But the way God is, like, he's so, he's so much about community. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's everything. Like, it's, it's a big part of, of what he wants. It's like this community thing. So I just, I, I hope that he has, like, that dope community. I, and I, I've heard that he's yeah. going to, like, um, uh, some church or something, and he's, like, speaking with somebody. But, um, but yeah, I just, I just, that's the only, like, concern. I'm like, man, I know how I was, and I resonate with where he's at right now. Like, I get some of the, like, the stuff that people are, say that he's crazy on. Sometimes I'm like, eh. <laughs> it's kind of familiar to me <laughs> you know like i i know where this is like i i feel like i've been there as you know at some point um so yeah i just hope that there's like somebody who uh who really like loves kanye and is like bro like i'm down to be your brother like a real brother yeah. you know what i mean uh, or sister or whatever and I, I think i think that's why you know he started sunday service and he's mm-hmm. doing all these other things because he wants us around like he he gets that he yeah. gets that you got to surround yourself with the right people. Yeah. And it, it, that, that goes down many lines. I can sit here and tell you, like, you know, I got to surround, you know, all the people I've spoken with that are entrepreneurs and have successful businesses. Mm-hmm. Who did they surround themselves with? Mm-hmm. People who are trying to build successful businesses and be great entrepreneurs. Yeah. And another thing I feel like God is, God is not going to give you what you want right away. It's yeah. not your time. Yeah. It'll never be on your time. Everything's going to be on his time and on his clock because... He's not going to give you something that you're not ready for. Right. It's just like that fame. He's not going to, he's not going to just be like, you're not going to wake up one day and be like, all right, I want to be famous. And then you're famous. It's like, no, you're going to like, we talk about how nasty fame is and like, oh, like how, you know, Mm -hmm. people don't want to be famous. But I think God has prepared them, prepared them in specific ways where it's just like, okay, now you're ready. It's your turn to be famous. Your time. You know what I mean? And those people either crash or burn depending on what they believe in and how they, right. you know, live their life and X, Y, and Z. But it's, it's just, religion's just very, very interesting to me. It is. It is. And some of the stories in the Bible are freaking wild. They are. They are wild. It's you listen stuff. to that shit and you're, you, not, no, not <laughs> listen, you like read it and yeah. you're just kind of like, fam, like what just happened? <laughs> Bro, like I pray like that sometimes. Like, yeah. God, what is this, uh, like, what is, what is this even, like, what am I supposed to do with this? I remember yeah. one time, uh, I know we're probably closing up, but like, I remember one time, uh, I'm reading like one of the guys, like Luke, I'm reading Luke and I just stopped and like, Hey, <laughs> like I believe it, but like some of this stuff, God, like help me out. Like, am I wrong for like yeah. doubting a little, some of it, you know? And, um, even in that moment, it was the weirdest moment. Like I did that. I prayed. I opened up. I opened up the, the Bible again. Continue reading, and he starts talking about um, John the Baptist. So, just quick little John the Baptist. So, there's this prophecy that okay, there's somebody who's going to prepare the way for when Jesus comes. Like get people prepared for him. So John the Baptist is this guy that's saying, "Hey, look, the guy we've been waiting for, he's here." And so, and all throughout, like the part his area of the bible uh you just see him being like guys don't pay attention to me pay attention to him (laughs) like Mm -hmm. go to him he's what we've been waiting on 
And there's this moment where John is like thrown into prison and he sends his followers out to to Jesus and he's like, okay, uh, should I be waiting for somebody else? <laughs> or like, are you the person that I should? Yeah. And I'm like, John is doubting. Like he's doubting what he, what his whole purpose was here for. Like, do I got the right person? Cause I'm in prison about to get like beheaded. Like, yeah. And Jesus responds to him. He first like approaches him and he uh, approaches the followers and they're like, first of all, out of all the prophets that ever existed, this one's the greatest. Um, go back and tell John that he'll, he's like the sticker. He'll, the, he, he just goes through all these things. But what he's telling John is, Everything that you've read about me, I'm doing. So he he affirms him, like, yes, I am the one that you're waiting for. But he also didn't condemn him yeah. for having doubt. Like, he didn't say, like, John, how dare you? It was like, no, out of all the prophets, he's the greatest, by the way. Yeah. And it's like, I read that after I'm like, am I supposed to, like, doubt? Uh, like, or is it, is it bad for me to doubt? And it's like, he doesn't condemn me for that. No. You know, he's like... You have to work through this. And, and if you're truly going to have faith and not it just be a mask, you have to doubt. Exactly. You know, like you have to have some sort of way of working through this intellectually. You know, I agree. did you have there was a snippet like on the album, right? Where you're talking about his most like sacred followers were they all were like doubters. <laughs> you're right. Like uh, my boy Sam was like, there's this part in the Bible where they just go through all of these people that had like great faith. Um. And he just says, like, most of his followers were, like, they doubted a lot. And if you go to that one scripture, you're like, no, look at these strong believers. He's like, that took centuries like yeah. to get that little paragraph. And I'm like, dude, that's so profound. I got to put this on the album. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, like, Jesus at the end, he's walking with these 12 disciples the whole time. And at the very end, he's like, finally you believe like right before he's about to die i'm like yeah. wait a minute they were with you the whole time <laughs> like what do you mean like finally you believe yeah. like it's just like yeah it's just it's it's dope that he doesn't condemn that like yeah. he gave us a mind for a reason exactly you know? but yeah cool man yeah man this was super insightful this is the longest <laughs> how long yeah is it, bro? one hour 41 minutes made the record yeah i think <laughs> i'm not sure Possibly. We'll see. All I'll right. see you in post. <laughs> cut out like the small little camera checks and stuff. Yeah. But Or when I sound stupid, just no. cut me off. <laughs> Everything you said was like super insightful today, man. You really yeah, really crushed it. I appreciate you, man. Uh, and like this, I always, not, not always ask this question, but is there anything that we didn't cover today that you want to speak a little bit more on or any questions for me? Um... I might as well plug the album while I'm yeah, here. Plug it, man. Gray Matters uh, is the album. My name is Corey Syfax. Uh, spelled C-I-F-A-X. So I just want to say that because it's hard to find that. And there's a documentary for episodes. Begins on Friday. I don't know when this is going to air, but just I would say just give a date. There you go. So uh, it starts. It'll be out. It'll be out. There you go. Yep, it's out there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, so, yeah, I guess after that, I mean, there's so many questions I, I, I'd like to ask you because yeah. I've been listening to the podcast. We, we can do this again, pretty, man. Yeah, Doesn't we'll have to do me. this again, yeah. man. Um, so, yeah, man, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at cool, that. Man. This has been super dope, dog. I really appreciate you having me. Appreciate you too, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Nice.